Hey, I'm Harrison Tellyon. And I'm Agri Ahmed. Welcome to Bottom Line Design. And today we're going to be talking about the squint test. Um, so this is this is something that always I think surprises uh, founders when we talk to them uh, about just how to make sure any screen, any interface that they're designing, including their marketing site, their website, most importantly, can pass a very, very simple test as to what's the most important thing I should be doing. What's the most important place I should click or tap yeah. or how do I make progress, you know, if I'm already on the screen. So, I mean, maybe like you could just dive a little bit into the purpose of the squint test. Yeah. So the purpose of the squint test is basically to see if your users, you basically just squint and you make your vision blurry. If you're looking at a web page and you can't find out where to tap or where your eye is being dragged to, um, then you your website does not pass the squint test. And where's the squint, what squint test important? It's important in onboarding flows. Uh, it's important in landing pages. Uh, it's basically important anywhere where you want to pull a user through um, and have them perform an action. Yeah, yeah, I think like, okay, so imagine a spectrum of cognitive activity. Imagine okay. a spectrum of cognitive activity that on the high end of it is Mozart composing music. And then on the low end of it is a salamander or an iguana trying to catch a fly. I was going to mention one of the little rappers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, imagine that spectrum, right? And the squint test, the point of the squint test is to pull your dominant action, the thing that you want your customer or your next customer, or your next mm -hmm. user to do pull it away from them having to be Mozart composing music and more to like brainstem reptile brain activity yeah. of, oh, okay, this is a predominantly white page. There is a blue text or button on there. Let me go click it and then go to the next thing, right? And if you do that, that's kind of like, pa that's passing the squint test. Yeah, right. A hundred percent right. And you know, it doesn't just come down to like CTAs. It also comes down to uh, the composition of the screen, yeah. the colors of the, like what colors are, uh, oftentimes what, what we'll see is when we're talking to founders, we'll see that founders have made a site or maybe some of their designers have made a site and you reach their landing page or you hit their onboarding flow and suddenly the logo is competing with the CTA that you need the user to tap. Or maybe illustrations are competing with the CTA. Right. Or maybe this, that, and the other thing is competing with the CTA. And that's, um, that's just not, not good when you're trying to pull someone through. My, my favorite, my favorite example of this is when you go to a landing page or you go to a, a marketing site and you're trying to figure out what does this company do? I've never, I've never heard of them before. And they're, uh, above the fold has the, a lengthy description of what they do and what they're about. And it's in white text. And then this is, this is the best part is the background of that text is like drone footage or or something really right. detailed and visually like it's like moving there's like a movie playing in the back sure. of like i don't know somebody like taking planks off of the like the the laying bed of a truck and you're like i i don't know what you do i can't read what you do because you made you're failing the squint test right now and you're just you're taking them away like not only is that just not seo friendly having like a heavy video uh, it's going to make it way, way less legible for uh, Bing, uh, Google, 
strategies, I guess, to like right. read your content. So you're not going to rank really well. Um, and it's also going to be bad if they have a slow internet connection or a low performing uh, computer. But in, above all else, it's just a bad design principle because you're distracting them in the back. And I've seen, you know, tricks where they maybe like add a, a live blur to it. And right. so you get like visuals in the back. Hey, it's still a video. It's still moving mm -hmm. unless it's like a color wave at like, you know, a slow speed. Yeah. At like the rate of human respiration, you know, <laughs> like it's like yeah. in out like seven times a minute. Yeah. Right. Then I guess it's okay. Just as long as the file isn't chunky. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And I think also what you brought up about uh, how it's going to impact search engines um, because they do look at this stuff now that I, I know that Google yeah. sort of put out recently. I don't, I don't know, maybe like a couple of years back that they were going to start ranking websites based off of their accessibility. Yeah. Um, that, this is a recurring theme on this show that design is not just about how it looks. Yeah. It's about how it works and it's about considerations that oftentimes get pigeonholed into other categories like engineering, you know, like how fast the site loads sounds like it's an engineering concern, but it's very much a design concern and the consequences of your site load speed, they start before the engineers, you know, connect to the cloudflare cdn or, or get their uh, just conversation yeah literally it's yeah. like yeah if if you in designing the site decide we need to have 1080p aerial drone footage above the fold and uh the site's not going to be interactive until then guess what that was a design decision yeah. that had very technical consequences and ultimately will probably have business consequences as well yeah yeah and okay i just wanted to i wanted to get a little bit in on the origin story of what we call the squint test and where it is that you you learned about this as a way of kind of gauging the design of any product. This has just come from years of looking at websites, working with tons of companies. It's um, something I developed when I was at RISD working with like small mom and pop shops, still developing like Squarespace and Wix sites. And one of the things that I knew was important was conversion. And I think actually it started from, uh, this law firm that I was designing for Mark Sherman. If you're out there, um, your site definitely passes a squint test, but I designed it. Um, but it's, it started, it started there and it was just a, a way to, uh, increase his bookings. Um, and then I was like, okay, like you should be able, but actually going, going even farther back, I'm now just remembering like when I was at school, um, we had to put on for one of our electives, we had to put on these like drunk goggles. And, um, if you were able to use a product with these drunk goggles, it was well-designed. Right. Um, you know, I think like the, today's analogy is like, uh, an iPhone, um, as far as I know, it might come with like um, how to locate support and a sticker, yeah. but it doesn't actually have an instruction manual. Um, that's how intuitive it, it is to use right out the box. Yeah, 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 exactly. And and I, I, the, the drunk goggle story is always just so funny to think about that, you know, imagine you're, you're at school and they're trying to explain to you, how do you, how do you make a, a better made product? And they say, okay, why don't we deliberately impair you cognitively yeah. why don't we literally yeah. like yeah weaken your ability to see and see can you still use this product right and it goes back again to uh just people who are drunk or like have the visuals of someone who's drunk 
would be less coordinated. Yeah, um, sure. They would probably have like less of an ability to uh, you know parse something that's visually complicated. And so what's going to happen? They're going to struggle with with anything where uh, they have to rely on nuance or, or parsing out texture, right? It, it, sorry. Yeah, sorry. go ahead. Yeah, it also brings up this uh, this one story that I had while I was in school where uh, we were working with the CVS team and they wanted to uh, have me design a beta for their, uh, for their uh, self-checkout screens mm. in, I think it was Jackson Hole. And a lot of people that were coming through, 70% of uh, all traffic coming through CVS uh, is for your pharmacy. And by the time they hit the pharmacy, uh, they're walking out the store and they might, they might pick up you know, a chocolate, a soda, something. And so we want to design for a use case where you're walking back from the pharmacy and you want to pick up two or three items. Self-checkout totally made sense, but the demographic was a lot older. So everything, um, if you like go to my site, you can see this, but everything is just like blown up, you know, and it totally passes the squint test because you know exactly what you're supposed to tap, exactly what you're supposed to do. Um, so that was just another story that I got reminded of where it also comes down to like, the user that you're designing for. If you're designing for someone that is 20 years old, you're not mm -hmm. gonna, you can make the interface a little bit more tasteful, uh, you know, smaller, smaller asset sizes, things like right. that. But if they're, um, you know, a little bit older, you have to design for good accessibility. They have to right. be a little bit, the assets are gonna be a little bit heavier, a little bit uh, more weighted than the font, a little bit bigger in terms of like pixel dimension, um, things like that. Yeah, that's uh, funny enough to like the talking about the designing for the demographic and, and what, what which is another episode yeah right coming up uh what what affordances you can kind of uh, get away with and and their relationship to the squint test i remember uh years ago you told me that you had this pet theory that snapchat deliberately was making its patterns and gestures confusing so that teenagers could share each other yeah. almost like secret handshakes oh this is the new the new way that you add blah 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 to your story or something deliberately as a way of almost like uh keeping it primarily focused on like the younger audience and not making it like a, a lame social network which is what happens with every social network once your parents show up right I, yeah i can't tell if if it was by, by strategy or if it was just truly terrible design that went in their favor <laughs> um but what i do remember is you, you can basically have two different types of design you can have um the the design that is rooted in uh habit where you have more affordance to have the user remember certain things or certain ways of doing things. Um, but those are only reserved for products that are used every single day. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you're uh, a B2B SaaS company that has a portal um, that, you know, your clients only visit like once a week, twice a week, they're not going to be coming on there like 101 times a day, right? Like a 14 year old, you know, yeah, <laughs> would be going on to Snapchat. So the the design has to be a bit more obvious. Right. Um, so it's yeah, it's just all comes out to designing for your demographic, like yeah, directionality. Yeah, 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 for sure. And you know, one of the things that we've seen, um, uh, we get a lot of questions about uh, for the squint test is okay, is there is there a way besides just squinting because you know maybe my eyes are going to hurt after a while of, of too much squinting to be able to test any um you know landing pages or, or websites um and you know we'll we'll probably put this in in the description of wherever it is that you're seeing this but 
I, I dug around in CSS uh, last night and I, I, I found I found a way that you can apply, like a style you can apply to your CSS that will basically do the squint test for you so that you don't get crow's feet wrinkles, right? <laughs> As you're trying to test all your different screens. Ever and, important topic. Yeah, <laughs> right? Skincare is key. Yeah. Um, so like, it, it's very simple. You just take the highest level HTML element. We'll, we'll write this down also in the description. Uh, take the highest level HTML element and then apply uh, the style filter colon space, the word blur. So it's, it's the blur function in CSS blur. And then in parentheses, just 7px. So what you're doing is you're, you're applying a filter to the entire page. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. And it'll blur it for you as if the browser is, is running your thing through the squint test. And now without straining your eyes, you can see, you know, scanning the entire screen. Does this, does this segment or does this part of the fold actually pass? You know, is it clear uh, where the, the customer or the page visitor where they should be focusing um and yeah i just thought you know that might be that might be valuable so that uh, super valuable yeah and th yeah. this also kind of normalizes the squint because you could imagine everybody probably squints a little bit differently it sounds silly right but like uh putting everybody through the same kind of like uh knockdown cognitive knockdown uh to see are we all agreeing are we all seeing the same thing the same blurry image and yeah. do we all agree that this is either confusing or this is quite clear yeah Totally. And, you know, one, one other thing that we just didn't talk about uh, in too much detail is a lot of times I'll see, you know, junior designers or uh, founders uh, that are designing websites, they will not think about like the color composition or like the text yeah. composition or just like the spatial composition. You know, part of the squint test also includes like um, thinking about the general flow of how your eye scans a page. Mm -hmm. Is it is it legible just with like good short concise copy is it legible with like good um you know uh, point size fonts that have like that are accessible to everyone it, right. it also comes down to like yeah how is your how is your eye actually like waving through the information mm -hmm. how is it actually like arriving at the cta that you want them to tap or you know the the, the direction that you want them to take yeah, yeah, that's a really good point too, is sort of like a phase two of the squint test is the eye journey. And you can yeah. see this also, this is really funny that you're bringing this up because it it's shows like a up. Rush album, eye journey. <laughs> yeah, eye journey, right? Yeah, you can you can see this even in um, in paintings. This is kind of like a weird, a weird example of this, but uh, it's related that when, next time you go look at a painting, kind of if you're at a museum or something, pay close attention to the journey that your eye takes, mm. you know, like with, with starry night, for example, this is kind of like one mm. of my, my go-tos. I did some painting when I was in college and you know, the, He's the very talented. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, uh, the, the, oh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Right. Yeah. Like I'll never say no to a compliment. Um, but with starry night, uh, the first thing that you see is the cypress tree that just, uh, or the cedar tree that slices through, uh, slices through the composition and it shoots you right up to the swirl and then when you follow Great the swirl example. down right you immediately see the moon the moon is out in the the northeastern corner and then when you when the moon hits you you're like whoa uh and your eye kind of zooms back out and you get like a panoramic view of all the stars in the sky right same thing happens with portraits the reason if you this is completely not related to design per se but 
you know, maybe there's some painters out there listening. If you want to nail a portrait, it has to start with the eyes because every single person who views your portrait, like you're trying to get them to believe essentially like an illusion. And if they don't believe that your eyes are up to snuff, it doesn't matter how good yeah. everything else is or your brushwork, whatever. It's just never going to work. And it's the same thing I think with products. Yeah. Right. And you know, what I was just thinking about when you said the eyes, it's like, think about where your eye travels uh, when looking at the Mona Lisa. Right. Yeah. It's to the eyes and nowhere else. Right. Um, and that, that is deliberate. You know, the Mona Lisa, I, I believe it took Da Vinci four years to make. And a majority of the time was spent capturing, you know, this, this area right here. Um, but that is by design, you know, his intention with, from all the scholars is just like, they wanted, they, uh, he wanted uh, the, the observer to be mm -hmm. taken in and the, the observer was him. He just did it for himself. And it just like, you know, apart from like all the work getting burned, like that was one of the few that, that, that stuck around. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. And, and I think that like on that subject of the eye journey, bringing it back to like product stuff, yeah. you know, um, you can rely on conventions. Is this a painting show? <laughs> Is this about to become a painting show? Right. Uh, you can you can rely though on on conventions to tell you how the sort of like multi step squint test is going to work for for when your customers arrive on uh, let's say an onboarding flow or or your landing page right that for like landing pages for example uh, it's just become convention in in all websites now especially for products yeah. that there's going to be uh, a bold kind of H1 header text uh, in the top left or like in the left <laughs> yeah. right and then there's going to be probably some kind of like call to action or like some interactive some supporting text and then the yeah CTA. and then a supporting yeah. text in the ct exactly and then the exactly. trust banner and then the right. three metrics yeah. And, yeah and and then to the right you're going to have the closest you probably can get to a representation of how the product works or like what it actually does um you can lean into that right there's no reason that like you should visual, yeah <laughs> right yeah like a visual exactly you you can lean into that there's no reason to reinvent how the wheel works yeah. Um, and I think that if you can, if you lean on those conventions as like sort of your design first aid kit, you know, uh, then you'll already be a long part of the way towards yeah. passing like the squint journey, I guess, rather than just the, the one step test. Yeah. Tr I always say like, try to innovate on what's already been innovated. Yeah. Right. Like there's no need to reinvent the wheel, especially when you're getting started as a founder mm -hmm. or designer, like just you know, I always, I always tell like junior designers, like go to Figma's community files and yeah. download their files and see how it was actually made. Yeah. Um, Cause that's going to teach you a lot of stuff. And then just, you know, emulating the greats, um, you know, so the same thing is for website design and, and composition, just pull a template, you know, totally. you, you don't have time as a founder. You're doing so many other fucking things at one time, mm -hmm. like just, try try to build try to build things that are off the shelf and then innovate on top of those things yeah and then you can worry about proprietary stuff later on yeah yeah and i think this is this is kind of like design again is is in a very similar category as a lot of other disciplines i think that like there's a lot of progress that's been made in terms of establishing conventions in the last yeah. decade especially yeah. for like digital product design or totally. digital digital web design and a lot of the the literature, the best practices that you see circulating may be from like a cycle or two back when those conventions were still emerging, sure. right? And I think this is like one and of the, the one that stuck around that yeah. I hate is the hamburger. Man. Oh, the hamburger man is the enemy of this show is the hamburger the man. Enemy of discoverability, <laughs> conversion, focus. Yeah, 
and and uh, it became a convention yeah. around the time that all these sort of conventions were starting to emerge. There were yeah. different paradigms and stuff. People would oftentimes congratulate little details of of delight um, in a way that would actually obscure why the product was well designed or what made it valuable. And you know, I think and now no one says they want delight anymore. Yeah, yeah. I it's, remember right. when we were in San Francisco. Uh, yeah, so Agree and I were working together in San Francisco. Literally every other marketing meeting would uh, have some plug about how we need to delight our users right. or to uh, celebrate. No one needs confetti cannons right. when you're tapping uh, submit on your mortgage application. They just don't. What they do need is uh, legibility in like the terms. Uh, they need like a, a quick and concise way to reach out to support. Like. There's just like a laundry list of things. And right. we, we were a startup thinking about those things every once in a while, but maybe we could have been thinking about other things. You know, I think like there was a lot of focus looking back at that, but there were times where we waited, you know, elements that did not lead to conversion mm -hmm. a little bit more than, than maybe we should have. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think that it's, again, kind of another theme that we oftentimes come back to is is sort of trying to get anyone who's observing design or evaluating design and therefore implementing it to step a little bit back from the visuals, yeah. right? And this is what the squint test is all about, is that when you blur everything away, you're not going to be able to make, like, it, they're not going to notice the details of how the confetti is, like, you know, shimmering down the screen. They're going to when you blur it all away, you give it some distance. It's just going to be about what is the dominant action, right? What is the next place that my eye should travel to? Yeah. And it goes back to, I think, like the common, like just, a, a, again, another common theme is how a lot of the work of design is bringing structure, making things accessible. Yeah. It's not necessarily about making things, um, words that get used like slick or making it pop, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, these like very strange. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, what does that mean? What does that mean, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. You so know, tell me who the user is, tell me what, where they're coming from, how they're being primed, like, then I'll show you a design that's been constrained, right? Yeah. Well, you know, just wrapping up, like, what, you know, what are your thoughts on how content fits into all this? You know, you told me something uh, a few months after we met. I, I remember asking, why do you only wear black? It's, mm. it's like, it's a little bit weird. It, you, you didn't seem like goth or emo or anything yeah. like that. So I, I knew it wasn't like some sort of like, uh, you know. Emotional statement. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, right. It, it's just, I, I remember asking like, why is it that you only have black shirts and black pants? And your response is you like put your, your palm over your face. And you said content is king. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, I got enough personality for those that know me. Um, I don't need any more distractions in their life coming in the form of clothing that I pick. Right. You know, and, and it also I makes my mornings easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I, I thought that that was like a that was an answer that really stuck with me. I thought about for like a long time after it's like, OK, content is king. And I think that the squint test is is really about trying to put that content in front of your user or your mm. customer, making it very obvious for them yeah. what they should do next and, and being able to just pare away all the distractions. Because any given interface, really, like whether it's a, a screen, the setting screen, whether it's you know a feed, whatever, there's going to be one dominant interaction that you want your yeah. customer or your user to take. And then maybe a couple secondary ones that they may want to take 
that you know you accommodate for but really putting those front and center just right? always remember like users are only doing one thing at a time mm-hmm. in an experience and if they're not um your product or service is not doing a good enough job either anticipating the next action or being too distracted with many because they have not been prioritized. So that's a result of just talking to your customers, obviously, but it's something to think about and weigh up when designing a web experience or a mobile experience. Where does this user feel uh, considered? And they feel consideration when you know them so well that you know exactly what what needs to be told to them and they know exactly where to go after they've been told something. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's I the think that's test. I think that's it. That's the sprint <laughs> test. Uh, if you guys have any uh, questions, comments, leave them down below. Uh, obviously, like and subscribe. It helps us out a ton. But I've been, I am Harrison, and I'm agree, and this is Bottom Line Design. Thanks so much for joining us.